right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time for that. Right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. Yo. And on today's edition of the show, talking KU football. We uh, are going to be joined by Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World at 340. Got a KU mailbags if you have any lasting questions at yes. RCST 13. Please ask us questions. Uh, I have... love the KU mailbag. Okay. Some, so uh, I would love you audio. if you would ask the questions. Brian Borland, Andy Kotelnicki, that later. And Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the 5 o'clock hour here. Off the top, uh, KU takes on BYU, obviously, this Saturday. Game at 2.30. Crimson and Blue Show starts at 1. We got our KU pregame local show at Big Mill from noon to 1 o'clock here on KLWN. Nick Springer will be out there. Wait, who? You. Oh. I hope you're aware of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, By the way, if you're interested in getting some free tickets, I don't know if we'll have tickets there or not for this one. We might, but I do know we're giving them away. Our sister station, go to facebook.com slash 1059kiss. Or go to the at 1059 Kiss FM Twitter page and just reply with your favorite, um, like ritual or yeah. shirt that you wear or something you do yeah. before the game that's quirky or same fun, pair of right? socks, same yeah. pair of underwear, same shirt. Uh, I don't know. And do the favorite one that we like, we're given a pair of tickets to to the KU BYU game because it's yes. sold out. So that yep. can be your way of getting in. How about that? Uh, so midweek thoughts on uh, KU and BYU. This won't be our full preview. We'll do that more on Friday. BYU obviously comes into this game at 3-0, and and they just beat Arkansas. Ar- uh, Arkansas on the road in Fayetteville, 38-31. to It was a weird game of runs. Yeah, like, it was kind of a wild game. Yeah, yeah. BYU, BYU scored the last was, 17 points. They were down 14-0, right? And Arkansas had a punt return for touchdown, and then they like came back, but then Arkansas was up again, and then BYU ended up winning, mm-hmm. and... Okay, yeah, kind of a crazy weird catch by Chase Roberts for the uh, eventual game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Obviously, Kansas lost to Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. Different teams because they lost certain players, but there are a lot of players that are similar to this Arkansas team from the one that KU played in the Liberty Bowl because some of the the good players in the Arkansas defense didn't play for the NFL draft. Now, Rocket Sanders, the stud running back who ran all over Kansas, was not playing in the BYU game. He was injured, so that is obviously something very tangibly different. But how yeah. much does does them beating Arkansas when you just saw KU lose to Arkansas nine months ago, does that impact it all the way you view this game? Uh, Not really. I mean, maybe Arkansas, I, you know, I haven't been keeping track of them if they're maybe better or worse to start the year, but I think Kansas is certainly better, have shown that they are better in these first three games this season than where they were at the time of the Liberty Bowl, right? Uh, I mean, Jalen Daniels has shown no indication of being any worse, even coming back from his injury. Devin Neal looks fantastic. You add in Daniel Hyshaw, a guy you didn't have for the Liberty Bowl. Uh, You've you've got some new faces on the D-line that have been performing very well. Austin Booker, Patrick Joyner, Devin Phillips, the the young guys, Tommy Dunn, DJ Withers playing better. You know, a guy like J.B. Brown could have made a huge difference possibly in the Arkansas game with his uh, athleticism and explosiveness from the linebacker position. So, uh, I don't know. No, I don't really look into it too much 
one way or the other. I mean, I think it just tells me that this BYU team is is going to come in and be prepared to play Kansas, which I expected all along, right? It's their it's their it is their opener for Big Twelve conference play, being in the Big Twelve for the first time. So I kind of expected that they were going to be jacked up and ready to play uh, this game against Kansas. And going back to our discussions during the preseason, I think you and I kind of agreed that during the preseason we felt like, yeah, if you go one and one between BYU and UCF at home, you feel pretty okay about that, right? So I I don't my expectations for haven't really changed because of what BYU did against Arkansas. And the thing is, is BYU's been a little inconsistent to start the year, right? They didn't look great in their first couple games. I mean, they barely they beat Sam Houston. What it was like fourteen zero. Dude, talk about a snooze fest. Oh, my God. I would have been asleep. That would have been terrible. Uh, and then I don't even remember who they played for their second game. I think it was another. It was an FCS team. Yeah, yeah. It was another uh, FCS team, like you said. So coming into the end of the Arkansas game, I mean, I think my biggest takeaway maybe from the Arkansas game is BYU showed their medal on the road, right? I mean, going into going into any SEC school besides, I guess, maybe Vanderbilt, going on the road against any SEC school is, is going to be tough no matter what type of program you are and so to go in and win on the road certainly says something about about the the grit of that team and how you know if KU I mean you go back to the Illinois game if KU gets up big Illinois didn't Illinois was able to fight back and I would expect the same from BYU this is a team that has shown that they will persist they are not just going to fold if you get out to a hot start if you're Kansas so for KU it'll just come down to playing a a complete four-quarter game uh, and taking care of business at home and I, I I feel pretty confident about KU in this game uh, and that opinion hasn't changed really because of BYU's play, because of Kansas' play. I feel kind of the same right now that I did probably preseason about this game, which is it's a very winnable game, uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's a close game, and I probably wouldn't be that shocked if BYU did did pull out in the end, but certainly I, I would favor Kansas. Yeah. D- I, I don't know. Are what do you make of the big line? It came out at nine and a half. It is down now, by the way. I'm looking on DraftKings. It was down to nine yesterday. Yep. It's now down to eight and a half. Do you? I, there's a couple ways to look at it. One way of looking at it is a lot of money's coming in on BYU because it's changing the line. So that I don't know. Maybe that makes you feel more or less confident. The other side of it is looking at it as oh, clearly Vegas thinks that KU is the much better team here. They're favored yeah. to win. Well, by I eight go back. Half, I go back points. to. The conversation we had yesterday with with BYU being maybe a similar team in terms of archetype to Illinois, uh, a physical, disciplined team with a transfer at quarterback, with with some decent weapons around on offense and a and a strong defense that's going to be physical. And KU beat Illinois by eleven, right? So if you think BYU is a similar caliber team to Illinois, there you go. There's your ten and a half point number, right? Or yeah. eleven, whenever it came first came out. Uh, now, do I think that do I think that that's the case, and that BYU and Illinois are exactly one to one carbon copies? No, I don't. Uh, so the, it is it is interesting to see that line. But I mean, here I mean, here's a question for you: Who do you think is the better quarterback, Luke Altmaier or Keaton Slovis? Mm, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> I oh gosh, I mean, they're pretty similar, right? They are very similar. Okay, so they're I pretty. Think we established Slovis. But okay. yes, I, I think it's in the same realm. So we just established they're pretty similar. Then you go to the head coach, Klani Sataki for BYU and Brett Bielema for Illinois. I think they they both been <laughs> yeah, around. Very similar. They both been at their at those respective schools for a decent amount of time. Both similar philosophies, right? Yep. Both okay. love physical, offensive, and defense line play. Yeah, exactly. You go to the skill position players. Illinois had a couple of decent skill guys. BYU has a couple of decent skill guys on offense. Okay, that makes sense. You go to the defensive side of the ball. Illinois had a top draft pick in the middle of their defense with Johnny Newton in the in the middle. 
BYU has a really good pass rusher, I believe, or a good yes, Tyler uh, Batty. perimeter guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Not Batty. you know, Batty. So another, you know, some more similarities there, where they have one mm-hmm. guy on their defensive front that maybe could could wreck the game for you. So there, there. I mean, on its face, there are a lot. Yeah, there is a lot of similarities. To your point, I'm actually looking right now in total QBR uh, on ESPN. Keaton Slovis is 56th in the country. Luke Altmar is 63rd. <laughs> it's 60.8 to 56.6. So yeah, they are very similar. Uh, Altmeyer obviously has more wheels to him. Slovis isn't going to run as much, but Slovis probably slightly better passer. That just comes with Slovis is more experienced player. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I that's actually a great point. That's a great point <laughs> that, that these teams are very similar, and Kansas didn't have a problem with Illinois. But that's also under yeah. the guise that Kansas had probably their A game. You that's know, true. against Illinois. Yeah, I mean, I, no I mean, guarantee that happened. KU Maybe played probably their best half they've ever played under Lance Leipold in the first half against Illinois. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Fair to say? I think that's very fair to say. Yeah. So. You know, you'll you'll need either something like that, or you'll need a four quarter, you know, B plus A minus performance yeah. probably from Kansas in order to win the game. Well, I will say another thing that goes my way. I always go back to, uh, I think this is the 2018 NCAA tournament. Different sport, but the comparison I think, or or the comment I think, still works. Um, I remember Bill Self talking about something that you'd rather you'd rather play a team your next game after they just played their best game ever. For a couple of reasons. One, you get on tape everything that they do well when they are firing on all cylinders. Two, it's really hard to play your best game ever and follow it up with your next best game ever or another <laughs> best game ever, right? And I remember that was said about when Kansas was playing Clemson in the 2018 Sweet 16 because Clemson had just murdered Auburn in the second round. They played the game of their season. And so then they come out in the second or the first half of that game. Kansas just dominates Clemson in the first half of that that Sweet Sixteen game. Different sport, but same kind of thing. Well, where if you want to go beyond that analogy and place it on K football this season, Illinois was like we just we just said probably their best half of the season against Illinois. They played a great game against Illinois. They come out against Nevada, and mm-hmm. it wasn't the same. Well, in, in BYU, there's even a, an example of this last year. They beat number nine Baylor. Obviously, Baylor didn't end up being the ninth best team in the country, but they beat them twenty six to twenty. And then the next week, they lost forty one to twenty to Oregon. Um, and obviously, Oregon ended up being better than than BYU or than Baylor and BYU. Um, but point being, BYU had a really good performance against Arkansas. They had a good performance. Kansas did not have their best performance against Nevada. So, in theory. Kansas, you have the the chomping at the bit, the reversion to playing better. The focus meter should be well up in this game. That You're going to have Kansas' full attention. You probably would have anyway because it's a Big 12 opponent. It's a good opponent. It's a home opponent. You're opening it's a sellout, of yeah. course. But the fact that you're coming off a game that, yeah, you won, but you feel like you didn't play your best, and BYU is coming off a game in which they probably are feeling really good. Like Maybe they're feeling like, yeah, you did against Illinois coming into this game. I, I kind of like that that level of focus in the, I mean, you never really know how that sort of thing, that, that's almost impossible to predict how a team is going to go into a game if they're going to have that focus and everything, but I do think that is something that favors KU. Yeah, and, and I will say this though, you know, in college football, I think more so than maybe any other sport, momentum, week-to-week momentum is a very, very big thing. I mean, these are, you know, 18 to 22-year-old kids or you know, don't don't shoot the messenger here, but BYU's average age, I think, is around 22. I don't know exactly what the number is. I'm going to say 22. Hopefully nobody comes after me that uh, it's not exactly 22, but I think it's 22. Average age of the players for BYU. I don't know. Don't, don't come after me if it's not exactly 22. 21.7. Oh, oh, that's what it is? Oh, my bad. Oh, sorry, sorry. I just, I, you know, I just thought it was 22. I don't want anybody to get upset that I said the wrong number. Yeah. I sincerely apologize. But anyways, the point being that in I think in college football, 
week to week momentum is probably more important than any uh, any other sport, or game to game momentum is more important than any other sport. And so for BYU coming off of a game like that against Arkansas, they they should be puffing their chest out. They should be feeling good coming into Kansas, and, and KU is going to have to respect that early on and and come out strong as well early in the game. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious about it, and uh, I do you know see the similarities between them and Illinois, but. No two, no two teams are exactly the same, right? So you can't just you can't just cookie cutter paste that and and go from there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as far as what BYU does well, uh, let's get into what they do well, what they don't do well. Let's start with what they do well on the offensive side of the ball. They're putting up 31 points per game, so obviously you think that stresses you a bit. They've only allowed three sacks this season over three games. So good offensive line, good pass blocking. Um, they have been 100% in the red zone so far this season, meaning that Every drive they're getting to the red zone, they're coming out with points. Um, still a small sample size, but you know, better to have it than than not to. Yeah. Uh, so they do that well. Keaton Slovis has been solid this year. I wouldn't say he's been like electric. Yeah, a he's good solid, but not right? great quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Which you know, when when you do a lot of other things right, like maybe that's kind of all you need. Yeah. Um, and then I would say also they they have some solid targets. Darius Lasseter, the brother of Quentin Lasseter and Kwame Lasseter, the son of. The other Kwame Lasseter, uh, Chase Roberts had that unbelievable play. He's had a nice start to the season. They got a really good tight end, too, in Isaac Rex. I don't know if you saw the tweet from Darius Lasseter earlier in the week, basically saying, uh, you know, <laughs> this week it's different. Yeah, they've been uh, kind of talking back. Bantering. Yeah. We actually, all, yeah, all in, bantering. Good, all in, in good, good fun. fun. Yes. Yeah. And we, we have some Quentin Lasseter audio we're going to get to at some point um, this this week. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's a good BYU offense that yeah. – it's a solid offense, not a great offense, right? but a solid one. One that the Kansas defense definitely has to respect. Yes, and you know, it is interesting because you look at some of like the total stats and stuff and you're not blown away by what they do or the rushing yards per game or the total yards per game. And that's something that Brian Borland talked about earlier this week, that they're a lot better than the, the yard totals and some of the stats show. And I think part of that, they probably had a slow performance in the first game against Sam Houston, probably have played better uh, since then. Defensive side of the ball, they're giving up just 15.7 points per game, only 100 rushing yards allowed per game. So clearly a good running defense. They have five interceptions this year, ball hawking in the back end. They are fourth in the Big 12 in defensive pass efficiency, so they've just been good overall. Their third down defense has been good. They lead the Big 12 at 28%, and the red zone defense is good. They're tied first in the Big 12. So this will be a game to keep an eye on Dalen Daniels, protecting the ball through the air, right? And this will also... Going back to the discussion about how similarly the defense might be to like in Illinois is, we know that KU attacked Illinois with their speed laterally and used a lot of option plays to exploit the Illinois defense. I'm assuming BYU probably saw that on film as well, and they're going to have some sort of game plan to try to counter that. But what will KU's strategy be to try to run the ball in this game? Because you know that Andy Kolnicki and KU are going to want to establish the run and, and, and utilize their running game with Devin Neal, with Daniel Hyshaw, with Jalen Daniels. How will they go about doing that, and how effective can they be, especially early in the game? And and if if the BYU defense is more stout and slowing down the Kansas run game, how does that impact how Kansas operates beyond early in the game, right? If they can't get something going early on the run game, are they going to go away from it and trust the passing game more, or will they stick with it? That's something I'll be keeping an eye on in this game uh, against BYU because you said it. I mean, they have a pretty good run defense. I, I with BYU, man, I mean, they played a, they played Sam Houston, who was an FCS program and now just jumped up to FBS. So, like, I, that's that's like an FCS plus game, I guess, so to speak. Uh, and then they have an actual SB, F, FCS opponent before they played Arkansas. So, I'm not I'm not taking major stock in the defensive stats just because I don't feel like they've played enough of 
you know, FBI. I mean, they played basically one FBS game against Arkansas. So I don't know how much I how much I take into account that when I look at their at their defense. But sure. but still, this is a game where KU is going to have to figure out a way to scheme up how they want to attack BYU, utilizing the run game, and you certainly want to be cautious of throwing of throwing the ball and keeping keeping it safe with Jalen Daniels because if KU is going to continue to have fumbling issues, and then on top of that you're throwing interceptions, that's not good. That's not good at all. And the KU defense. So far this season, I mean, I mean, with the Nevada game, you figure. I know it's I know it's not on the stat sheet, but you want to give him a turnover or two, I think, for five fumbles forced, right? You feel like you feel like you just want to give him at least a couple, maybe one or two, but they haven't been. I have they have I haven't been blown away by their ability to force turnovers. So if BYU, I mean, comes in on the road and is winning the turnover battle, that could be an indication of of a problem for Kansas in this game. Yes, and BYU has forced multiple turnovers in every game. That's something else they do well. Kansas has had at least one turnover in every game. Although for uh, also for what it's worth, I'm looking at the Pro Football Focus numbers. They have a 90.5 grade as a run defense, 82 grade as a tackling unit. Uh, what do they not do well though? Well, offensively, they have not run the ball well. 2.7 yards per carry. That is last in the Big 12. As is their 78 rushing yards per game. Also last in the Big 12. Again, the Pro Football Focus numbers. Uh, the run block grade is only a 59.5. So some of it's been blocking. They have a true freshman running back. I don't think they've had a bunch of other guys kind of step up. Yeah, and that's curious to me because you would figure this would be a team that would want to have a established running game. So coming into this game against Kansas, I would expect that they will try to run the ball. Yes, they will. And if you're Kansas, you just got to shut it down. Yes. Um, so, yeah, don't let them have the breakout game against you. Overall, they're only averaging 311 total yards of offense, 30% on third down conversions offensively. Even in the Arkansas game, I think they were only 4 of 13 on third down. Really, the difference there was um, Arkansas had like 125 penalty yards. Arkansas lost the turnover battle by one. And even though Arkansas had like 120, 140 more total yards, uh, that's what ended up kind of being their doom. So uh, BYU's offense isn't great, but I don't think it's like bad either. And, and again, we go back to the idea that Brian Borland said they're better than some of the numbers. Honestly, on the defense side of the ball, what they don't do well, I- I'm having a hard time like picking something out where I'm like, they don't do this well. Like I could tell you that, well, their their coverage grade is a 73.8, which pales in comparison to the run defense grade, but that's still like a fine coverage grade. You know, it's like yeah. uh, the pass rush, they, they have five sacks, which is actually like tied last in the Big 12. But even then, like they've had some good pressure numbers at times and they do have some dudes up there and they can get after you and they will play an aggressive style of defense. So like, even though maybe that's not like a strength, it's not a weakness. Yeah. So I, I don't think they really have any like weaknesses on the defense side of the ball. Again, not everything is a strength. Maybe they're yeah. average at certain things, but this is a very solid defense. Well, yeah, and like I said, I do feel like the defense is a bit harder to gauge because of the level of competition they play. I mean, they played three games, but they've played an FBS opponent basically in one and a half, mm-hmm. one and a half of them. I don't really know if I want to call Sam Houston, you know. All yeah, the they're making yet. the transition up this year. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they shut out Sam Houston. They play in FCS. They play against Arkansas, and uh, you know didn't have a terrible game. But I-, I agree with you. I'm having. I think the defense for BYU is probably the hardest to read right now. Uh, when you look at mm, what they do well versus what where Kansas can exploit them, but uh, I'm sure that Andy K has been in the film room in the lab uh, concocting up. Who knows what, to be honest. So, I'm excited. Yeah, this does feel like a game where you could uh, maybe throw a couple trick plays out there. Although, he, Andy he's already been doing has a couple. When yeah. He's already been doing a lot of different stuff. I mean, you think about the wide splits technique they that they showed against Illinois. 
You think about some of the trick plays they've already run. I mean, uh, you know, we're only three games into the season, but we've already seen, I feel like, a decent amount of, of what uh, is in the arsenal, yeah. which, which leads me to believe that the arsenal must be pretty big because that means they must have a lot more. All right, so uh, early thoughts on the game. How you feeling about KU? I mean, we'll get our official you know picks on Friday, but as of right now, how you feeling about the result on this one? Yeah, I, I feel pretty good for KU. They're playing at home, coming off of a game in which you win against Nevada, but there was definitely a lot that you can improve upon, which I think is, in some ways, that's maybe a good way to win because you feel good about winning, but then you can go back to the drawing board and say, hey, you know, we can improve here, here, and here. Uh, I'm sure BYU is going to be coming in with a lot of confidence. I'm sure they're going to be coming in pretty jacked up. There's going to be a lot of BYU fans there, it sounds like. So it's going to be a very exciting game. But I, I honestly, I pretty much feel the exact same now that I did before the season, last week, the week before, in that this is a very, very winnable game for Kansas, but it's probably not going to be an easy game because BYU should be pretty jacked up for their first conference game uh, in the Big 12, and they should have a pretty good fan base there. And uh, I think... I'm going to give the edge to Kansas right now, but again, I think this is should be probably a pretty competitive game. Yeah, I, I definitely am hammering BYU at the 8.5, or if you got it at 9 or 9.5. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's for sure a one-score game. Uh, I could see it being you know 3 to 7 points, to be honest. I'm leaning Kansas for the game, but I definitely think it's going to be a coin flip game where maybe one turnover here or there is the difference and if Kansas can win the turnover battle I think you feel really good about how that's going to go all right he's Nick Springer I'm Derek Johnson Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World KUSports.com is going to hop on with us in about 15 minutes from right now we got our KU mailbag coming up at the top of the four o'clock hour coming up next a uh, top tier five-star high school recruit picked a school that was not Kansas today and uh, also what are the chances KU can get college game day this year in Austin for next week we'll discuss that on the other side this is RCST on KLWN depend on it welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN KLWN.com or the KLWN app with Nick Springer I'm Derek Johnson and we're joined now on a Wednesday by Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World KUSports.com uh, so KU takes down Nevada 31-24, to big game this weekend against BYU in Lawrence. Uh, we've been doing the worry scale update for Jalen Daniels every week. I, I don't know, maybe maybe it's time to retire it until there is another injury. Is is the worry scale as low as it can get at this point for uh, Jalen? I think so. I mean, I'm still hovering around the two thing just because we know back injuries can be finicky and you never know what might happen. But I think for the moment we can set it aside. Not that Saturday was necessarily Jalen's most exceptional performance in world history, but I don't think it had anything to do with our aforementioned worry scale. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I, I have a new worry scale for you then to at least replace uh, until there is something that maybe could make it change sure. with Jalen Daniels on the two. Uh, there was the, I don't know, job board or, or however you want to put it, posted by, uh, I guess job board's not the right word, but uh, coaches that, that could be of interest for the Michigan State job that was posted by Bruce Feldman of The Athletic the other day, and uh, Bruce Feldman seems to have a good relationship with either Lance Leipold or his agent or you know something along those lines, so it becomes, I guess, a little bit more interesting there. Uh, Lance Leipold being on the list, job opening in the Big Ten, Michigan State, all that sort of stuff. Uh, what do you think the worry scale should be at for KU fans about Lance Leipold taking another job? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's tough to know because we know these things can change in an instant. I mean, every time there's a coaching search like this, you'll hear one day something and then you'll hear the next day it's opposite. But I think I'm kind of maybe at like a three and a half right now on, with 10 being the most worried. I just feel like Leipold's personality is not necessarily the kind that I think would necessarily 
um, like push him to take on a higher scrutiny job just because. Like, I don't know if the natural connection is there with Michigan State to make it compelling beyond just oh, it's a Big Ten program with some with a rich history. I, I think the Wisconsin and Nebraska openings that came open were maybe more, especially Wisconsin, like directly tied to what you might expect of a landslide kind of job. And besides that, maybe this is just the natural arc of his career, but he's been at programs that you have to build up, and that's something a lot of other coaches have respected about him. It seems like it suits his coaching style. He, he brings the same people along from place to place. He retains them unless he has to. I am not super concerned at this present moment about KU losing its head coach to this cycle. Okay, so a lower number on that side of things. Um, at KUSports.com, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, you and the other beat writers of, of the other teams in the Big 12 have uh, put together these Big 12 power rankings. Kansas came in at number three in the Big 12 power rankings this week. Uh, was that surprising at all for you to see them up that high? It was, it was surprising, Derek. I mean, first of all, here's my full disclosure, and I've been saying this. I did not put them at number three. I, and I'm the one who has the closest eye on them, obviously, of all the people who are writing it. I believe I still had them down at five or six in my submission to these beat, these beat writer rankings. And uh, that clearly I was overruled, but it speaks highly of the reputation that KU has built up in markets across the Big 12 that even if it has a somewhat lackluster game, uh, it, it's still considered one of the top teams in the conference. And I definitely think KU is a top-half team, but it's hard for me to look at KU and K-State, even after K-State lost to Missouri, and think, yeah, KU is definitely two spots higher than K-State in terms of how good teams are in the Big 12. Now, I do want to amend that to say that teams three through six, I believe, are all super close together in terms of the number of overall votes. Uh, And I believe that also includes UCF and TCU. Um, And so, you know, if, if, say, our... One guy in reporting on Texas Tech maybe did his thing a tiny bit differently. Maybe we're having a very uh, drastically different conversation here about where KU is ranked. So I wouldn't put too much stock in it. Of course, here I am telling you not to put too much stock in something that I posted on my own uh, website. But, yeah, I, I think mostly it speaks highly to the brand and how well it's being built up across the country. Well, how much do you think these next two weeks, a 3-0 BYU team, a Texas team was ranked in the top five, whether they win or win one and competitive in the other, how much do you think these next two weeks are going to determine if that is true or not? I think this week in particular will be a source of high scrutiny. Um, It's a Big 12 opener for both teams. It's the first Big 12 game ever for BYU. There are going to be numerous thousands of BYU fans in attendance. It's the first sellout. You know, I talked a bit before the Illinois game about how high stakes that one was. I'm starting to think this appears much higher stakes in the grand scheme of things, just in terms of starting the conference slate off on the right foot. The reason why I think this is more uh, significant to the long-term prognosis of KU than the Texas game is simply that people will not expect them to beat Texas and won't really change their opinion too much if they lose. Now, obviously, KU has a history of going into Austin and beating Texas, but this is a very different team from the one they faced then, and I just feel like that game will not do nearly as much to change people's overall perception of KU unless, of course, they pull off another dramatic upset. I think it's much more about this weekend, um, you know, being on ESPN, just ESPN, not one of the offshoot channels. I think this weekend will do a great 
uh, service toward determining how KU aligns in those rankings and in the broader national mindset for weeks and months to come. KU has four conference games before they hit the bye week. Uh, obviously, those next two with BYU, Texas, then UCF at home at Oklahoma State. So those next four before the bye week. What do you think a good record for KU would be? I, I you know, it, if they go four and zero, obviously that would be great. But what what do you think would be an acceptable to kind of be in that classification of being a top five or six team in the Big Twelve? What do you think going over those four games would be? I'd like to see them go three and one. You know, I might have said two and two uh, before Oklahoma State got blown out by South Alabama and before they continued to refuse to resolve their quarterback controversy. And I fully understand that KU is not a team that has shown a lot of ability to win on the road in conference games, uh, even really a huge amount under Lance Leipold, though West Virginia accepted and whatnot. But I, um, yeah, I think that for KU to align with where my colleagues around the country are thinking of it, they got to win all those games except for Texas. And I think that's very possible that they'll do that. Um, I think Timmy McLean looks pretty good for UCF. We'll see what happens when teams have more film on him. And, of course, his start was against Villanova. Um, we don't know for sure if Plumlee will be back. But also I think the home field advantage in Lawrence will really help, especially for a UCF team that is known for having its own home field advantage. They might not do as well out on the road. Um, and just with all that in mind, I think that for KU to make a statement, uh, it'll want to win those three games and become bowl eligible uh, before it even goes into that bye week. Well, obviously, as part of those Big 12 power rankings, you're doing your own power ranking, keeping a tab and, and keeping an eye on some of these other Big 12 teams. Is there a game on the KU Big 12 schedule right now that feels a lot easier than it did three weeks ago before the season started? I think it would probably be that Oklahoma State one. Um, you know, I knew they were going to switch quarterbacks, but I just didn't expect them to struggle as comprehensively as they have in a lot of areas. Um, Texas Tech a little bit, although Texas Tech has been pretty credible. Like, they did a good job against Oregon and pulled off a win, so they're in the win column now. I think Texas Tech was considered a sleeper favorite in a lot of ways uh, earlier in, and during the off season, and that shine has kind of faded. But I still think they'll be competitive. So, yeah, i go with Oklahoma State. I could say Iowa State, but I think people had low expectations for Iowa State overall. So I will settle on Oklahoma State. On the flip side, though, you did not ask this. I think Cincinnati will be harder than I anticipated going into the season. Well, that was going to actually be my next question. So there we go. Cincinnati is the answer there. Uh, Head into the BYU game Saturday at 2.30 in Lawrence. Is there a storyline or just something about this game that sticks out to you the most? Yeah, I think the the front seven for BYU, uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record here. I already made one comparison to Illinois, but this is different. I mean, we Andy Kolnicki basically shouted out Aiden Batty, the defensive end for BYU, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. He had a forced fumble and a recovery on a separate fumble uh, in the upset win over Arkansas. He's going to be a real test for Dominic Pooney and Bryce Cable due to deal with, although Pooney in particular is having a really good season. Um it was interesting talking to Cable do yesterday. He said uh, how important the scout team has been in their preparation, just making sure they can continue to up their physicality to new levels. He shouted out walk-on Cole Petris as someone he's never able to block, which I thought was funny. Um, but it goes beyond Batty. That linebacker group of, of Max Tooley, Ben Bywater, and A.J. Vongpachon, those are all the leading tacklers. Two of them are captains. They're super experienced. You got to be careful saying experienced about BYU players these days, I guess. But they're super. They're 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 super experienced. 
Um, they will make things tough for the Jayhawk running game. It has not really faced any serious impediments up until now. Um, and I think that it'll rely to some extent on their ability to throw the ball down the field, which they didn't do super duper well against Nevada. So we'll be interesting to see how that offense versus defense matchup pans out. So to that notion, is there a player on the offensive side of the ball and then a player on the defensive side of the ball that you think has to play well for Kansas to win this game? Um, on the offensive side, I will go, yeah, I'll say Bryce Cable do. I, I think, you know, he might not necessarily be matched up, matched up against Batty all the time, but I think he's going to be under a spotlight trying to prevent pressure off the edge and uh, give Daniels an opportunity to just make some good choices in the pocket. Um, you know, somewhat an arbitrary choice, but I think he'll be a player who will see some scrutiny. Defensively, that's an interesting question. Um I will say Austin Booker. I think Austin Booker did not have a very good half against Nevada with those two offsides penalties. You know, one of them on the fourth down, the other one setting up the free play that led to the deep completion for Brendan Lewis. Um, I think Austin Booker flashed immense potential against Illinois, and Keaton Slovis is a guy who wants to stay in the pocket and, and make his reads. He doesn't run at all. He has negative 220 career rushing yards. I think... Uh, Austin Booker will be key in kind of getting him off his spot and disrupting BYU offense and preventing him from finding people like the tight end Isaac Rex, who is the leading receiver. How does last week against Nevada, how does that maybe change your expectations at all? Because, you know, if, if Katie was headed into this game after the Illinois game, I think vibes were at an all-time high after the Illinois game. Uh, do you think the Nevada game should or does change any expectations for KU the rest of the season and, and headed into this game on Saturday? Yeah, a little. I, I certainly agree with what you said, that it, it was kind of a whip on the radar, and it, uh, it certainly diminished my confidence to some extent in some of these more even conference matchups. Um, I think one thing was in terms of the pass defense, um, the secondary, it had some good moments, especially with forcing turnovers. And I don't think it was just because they didn't have Kobe Bryant for a half that they kept getting burned deep. I think Melo Dotson kind of gave up some ground in some key matchups and didn't always look super great. Uh, and this isn't really quite as pertinent to BYU because they're not like a dynamite offense by any means. I mean, talking about the running game yesterday, Borwin was basically saying, you know, they run inside zone, outside zone, and counter, and they do those things super well. But I think there are other teams down on the schedule that will want to attack you in that way. And KU did not show in this particular occasion that they can stand up to that sort of attack. Yeah, and I guess how worrisome to you is the, I don't know, inability to kind of slow down rushing quarterbacks so far? Because, you know, on one hand, they're not going to always be playing rushing quarterbacks every week now in the Big 12, including this week. I mean, Keaton Slovis. Uh, doesn't have a, a huge pedigree as being a rusher, but also, you know, there will be some teams with UCF or Cincinnati that do have kind of those dual threat quarterbacks. How much of a concern is that on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, you named UCF and Cincinnati, and it's also interesting. You know, like any experienced quarterback can, can pick out lanes to run. I think it's a concern. I think they'll certainly hammer it home more this week. So then again, they said they were going to hammer it home after Missouri State, and that didn't quite pan out. I think that the. Uh, the, the defensive ends who are kind of charged with getting back across and the linebackers who are spying these quarterbacks need to be a little bit more disciplined. You know, on, on one of Brennan Lewis's touchdown runs, Austin Booker kind of 
pulled a stunt, and then he got stuck trying to come back across. On another one, Davion Westmoreland sort of read the bootleg but wasn't able to beat him out to the edge. You can't really help that one. But there was another long scramble that set up another touchdown, and I, I don't know, I'm not encouraged by the progress or lack thereof that they've made in that area. As I said in an article I recently wrote about this, the quarterback has been the leading rusher for all three KU opponents so far, and to some extent that's because the front seven has been doing a good job stopping opposing running backs, but, you know, the 72-yard Luke Altmeyer touchdown and stuff kind of speak for themselves. He is Henry Greenstein. You can check out all his work in the Lawrence Journal World and at KUSports.com. Anything you have up or coming up on uh, the LJ World that you want to plug and, and let people know about? No, just check out all my recent game week coverage and keep an eye out for the KU Hoops preview. I believe today is a deadline for our copy, and uh, you'll see it as part of an upcoming issue right around the time of late night in the fog. So keep an eye out for that. I put a lot of work into it. All right, I want to one quick follow up on that favorite thing yeah. uh, that you put into the the KU men's basketball preview or, or favorite I don't know stat tidbit nugget uh, something favorite part about just just writing that preview. Oh, I don't know if this is going to be the most exciting answer, but I really enjoyed writing the little individual player profile pages because you can kind of chart the arc of someone's career in a way that you don't always get to unless you're writing a super in depth feature story. But these little capsules are sort of intended to give you an idea of like. You know, where did they come from? Where are they now? Where are they going? And I hope that I did a good job encapsulating that for all the scholarship players on KU's roster, and I hope that everyone else will think so as well. All right. Well, Henry, I appreciate the time as always, man, and uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. All right. Thanks so much. That was Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal Worlds, KUSports.com, where you can check out all that. You can also find the Best of RCST podcast on the uh, Lawrence Journal World at KUSports.com now as well. We're going to take a time out in the action. We've got a KU mailbag coming up in our next segment. We also are going to get on to some uh, uh, audio from Brian Borland and Andy Kolnicki throughout the show. We've got Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, so stick around. You're not going to want to miss anything here with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Of course, tonight after the show, you'll be able to hear Hawk Talk with Lance Leipold. That'll take over at 6 o'clock after um, RCST concludes here with Lance Leipold, Brian Haney over at Johnny's Tavern. we got high school football on the airwaves Thursday night, Lawrence High at 7. Friday night, Free State High at 7. The Free State game will also be on our video feed at KLWN.com. we got High School Sports Weekly Thursday night at 6 at Mama's Tamale Shop. And uh, Nick's going to be out at Big Mill this Saturday for KLWN KU pregame show from noon to 1 o'clock with the KISS crew out there noon to 2, giving away all sorts of free stuff. All right, one hour down, two to go. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Four o'clock hour, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We've got college football crackdown, some Brian Borland, Andy Kotelnicki audio coming up later. Also Florida Man Mad Libs in the five o'clock hour. But right now, it is time for Nick's favorite segment of the week. Yep. The KU Mailbag. Let's go. First up, from Jared. Assuming KU wins this week, would you take a win at Texas to get to 5-0 and and put KU squarely in Big 12 title contention if it meant the basketball team was banned from the NCAA tournament this season. Dude, wait, dude, what? where do people come up with these questions, man? Like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, no, I would I would not take a win for KU because here's the deal. KU can go and lose at Texas and still be squarely in Big 12 title contention 
you know, beyond that. Yeah. They don't need to win at Texas to be in but, a position to okay, win the Big here, 12 title. Here's the counter to this. If you win at Texas and you're 5-0, and oh, that not only puts you in Big 12 title contention, does that put you in college football playoff contention? <laughs> I mean, I, know I guess sounds crazy, but at that point, yes, but you I don't I wouldn't expect that to be the case at the end of the season. Sure. So, yeah, it's, it's no, I'd rather no. I'd rather not be banned from right. the basketball tournament. I agree. I say no to this. It's just that it's just that like okay, you could win at Texas, you could win this next game. And then guess what? You could lose four of your next five. You know what I mean? And that's yes, all for not, right? 100%. And you would yes. feel silly. Exactly. Having given up the one thing for the other. So, yes. Um, no, I, I do not take this. Now, I, I'm trying to think of like a version of this where I would get more like. It, it would have to be like you win at Texas to go 5-0 and oh, and then it's like you're guaranteed to be in the Big 12 okay, Let's just say this. What if I what if I put it this way? If you're guaranteed to start 11-0. Which means you would be Texas, <laughs> Oklahoma, and Kansas State. But I then from there, everything, you don't know what's going to happen. They could lose to Cincinnati. They could win Cincinnati. They yeah, could, they could win the Big 12 title. They could win the Big 12 title, right? See, I mean, at that point, you could definitely go to the college football yes. playoff. Yes. If you're 11-0, yes. Correct. The college football playoff is So would you take that trade off? On the table. Guaranteed uh, 11-0 to miss the NCAA tournament in basketball. I don't think I would. Because even if you make the college football playoff, I don't think you're going to win the national championship. Whereas... You're going to be a favorite to win the national championship in basketball. Yeah. So I'd still but also, rather have that. I mean, as much as, even if you're the, I would the still, favorite I would to win still the rather title. just be like, you know what? If we're 11-0, we're going to have a great chance to go on and win the Big 12 title and be on there. So I'll just take the risk of whatever being 11-0 means, and then I'll still keep my options open for the base, for the NCAA tournament with basketball. Okay, that's fine. Um, it, it does make it tough because the basketball team is like one of the favorites to win the title. But even then, yes. if you are the favorite... In fact, I think they are literally the betting favorite. Yeah, but still, the odds are against you that you don't win it, even for the favorites. Usually the favorite goes into the tournament, and they're like, there are 25% chance. There are 20% chance to win it all. Fine. I mean, typically... Sure. You're not going to win. Well, guess all. what? If you're K football and you make the college football playoff, you have a 25 percent chance to win it all because there's only four teams. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would take the 11-0. I definitely would not take the 5-0. Okay, this one from uh, Jayhawk for life. Would you rather never be able to eat food in the morning again, or have to eat breakfast items only for the rest of your life? Okay, dude, this is a slam dunk, easy. I'd rather eat breakfast items the rest of my life because there's so many items that you can I have for you breakfast, tired of it. and you can do so many different things with those breakfast items. You can do so many different. I mean, stuff. you can have, you can don't, have there's, different combinations. There's pastry side of it, you right? Can, yeah, exactly. There's, there's so many different options. And croissants, I, I personally, I have to eat in the morning. I have to eat breakfast in the morning. I eat breakfast every morning. I have to. It's how I, I, I need. I have to. I just, okay. I always do. So this is a slam dunk, easy question for me. Because, dude, you can have breakfast for dinner, and it's great. You can have pancakes, waffles, See, French I, toast, I love bacon, breakfast sausage. for dinner. You can have uh, sausage links, sausage patties. You can have what, all kinds of different stuff. I think stuff. I would get tired of it. No, I would never I get tired I love breakfast for dinner every once and again. I would if never get tired every of it. meal, you get tired of the nope, syrup or the eggs nope. or the, the bacon or the sauce. You get tired of it. Nope. You get tired of it. Nope. You can have I eggs. Would, uh, you can have eggs five thousand different ways. You can have scrambled, over easy, over medium, however you want them. You know, it doesn't matter. You can put them on. You can put them on a, a muffin sandwich. You can have mm. them separately. You can do. There's so many different options for you to for you to have that I don't think. I, with, with the different combinations, I would always be nah, able to be I'd satisfied. Tired of it. I, uh, I, I'm not ham, a huge, I'm not a huge breakfast eater. I'll have like a snack every now and then. I'll have like maybe a pastry or a bagel, or, or maybe I'll just grab like you know something small that I can snack on. So uh, most days I don't even have anything. No, I have breakfast, breakfast in the morning, and I usually eat a pretty big breakfast most mornings. So I don't think that'd be a big deal, dude. For me. I gotta wake up, take a shower, eat a good breakfast. That's how I start every day. It's gotta That's be. Fine. Has to be. 
I so it's a slam dunk for me. the never be able to eat food in the AM again. Now, I will say, if you if you were going to go with that option, which, the, which is yeah. the option you just picked, you could still eat breakfast foods, just not in the morning. So it does keep you open. Yeah, for sure. You know what the big issue here is, though? I just realized, because technically it's in the AM. So that means any time once the clock strikes midnight, yes, from midnight until 11.59 yes. AM, which means I so would never be have able to have an early snack. lunch, never be able to have a midnight snack, yeah. never be able to That's have, like, you know, the drunk breakfast, food. All, all breakfast foods is, is clearly the better option. No, I, I still would go with the first one, but it would it would be unfortunate. Uh, this think about Brett. You go have a night on the town with your friends? Oh, let's no get suck. some pizza. Nope, not for you. Sorry, I got to... <laughs> I don't know. Can you have a smoothie? Is that food or is that water? Anyway, uh, this one from Brett. What is your level of worry for Michigan State poaching Lance? My worry is basically zero right now. Uh, first of all, talk about this when, this when this happened yesterday. Michigan State just moved on from Mel Tucker like two days ago, three days ago. So right now, today, I am not worried at all. Now, as we get further on in the season, let's say you can take KU continues on this upper trajectory that we think they should have. They win, you know, seven, eight, nine games. Great season. Michigan State is still searching for a coach. Yeah, I think the worry level will increase a little bit, but I feel pretty confident that that Lance Leipold is at Kansas for the long term. Uh, you brought up a great point yesterday. He just got a contract extension. So, like, I mean, I understand that in the world of college athletics, with all the money involved, sometimes it does, that doesn't always matter, right? You can sign a lifetime extension somewhere, and then the next year go somewhere else if they're if it's a better situation and they're paying you more. So I get all that, but I, I don't know. I think that right now it's zero. Today it's zero. As the season goes on, and assuming KU continues to have success, and assuming Michigan State still has that job open, you know, heading into the offseason, I think you'll definitely be a little nervous about it, but... Henry brought up a great point who we just had on. You know, Michigan State, just, I think I think the panic here is that it's because they're a Big Ten school, mm-hmm. right? When the reality situation is Lance Leipold's connections were with Nebraska and Wisconsin, right? So just because Michigan State's in the Big Ten, I think that's getting people's attention. I'm, I'm not that concerned. So I guess if I, if I were to give this on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being he has taken the Michigan State job, <laughs> 1 being... Basically, no worries. I guess zero would be zero worry. I would probably put this like a three for now uh, with with opportunity to rise up a little bit because still at the end of the day, even if he does have interest in taking the job, that still has to mean that Michigan State chooses him over some other qualified candidates. Not that, you know, they wouldn't. Maybe they would. But you have to go through that too in, in addition to him having interest in the job, which that would be a 50-50 proposition and then add to it that you have all these different candidates. So I, that's why I have it at a three. Um, I'm at the really zero. Right I, yeah, see, I, as far as the contract extension, like I don't view Michigan State as being a school that like would mind having to pay some big buyout because even though no, it's like, well, there's a buyout, it's not like as big as like, you know, some of these SEC schools and, and some of their coaches. Uh, Michigan State just gave... Mel Tucker, like a, uh, before he got fired, like two years ago, it was like a ten-year, like hundred million dollar, or ninety yeah, million dollar contract. Ten-year, ninety-five right? million, so nine and a half million. Years. Clearly, they have money to throw around. And uh, as as much as KU is, you know, upgrading facilities and showing support and NIL money and giving Leipold a boost, how much is Lance Leipold making? Like three, four million a year? I don't even remember. That's yeah, that's a that drop much. in the bucket compared to nine million, right? <laughs> 
So there is a little bit of worry there. And yes, you are right. It's not Wisconsin and, and Michigan. Uh, or not Michigan State. It's uh, not Wisconsin and Nebraska. For all we know, he would have taken either of those jobs. So maybe you can't view it from a standpoint of, oh, he declined those jobs. So why would he take this one? Maybe he would have accepted them and he just never got offered to them. Maybe he wouldn't have. I don't know. There's no way of us knowing that. So it's hard for me to say that there's zero worry about it, and especially because Michigan State doesn't just have the money. They've had good success here. Um, obviously, Lance Leipold and his staff have done good things in the Michigan area with either transfers or high school recruits that obviously there, there would probably be some sort of interest there from, from Lance Leipold, but there still is enough there that uh, present hurdles that it's not quite to a worry mode just yet. It's just something to kind of keep an eye on. I will say the fact that it was on Bruce Feldman's um, list, again, like Bruce Feldman, Seems to have a good relationship with Lance Leipold. In fact, guess who the reporter who broke the news about Lance Leipold getting the Buffalo job and the Kansas job was? It was Bruce was Feldman. It Bruce Feldman? Yes. <laughs> I so, didn't know that. D- do with that what you will. I will say if he does leave for Michigan State, that would be such a huge disaster for KU from so many reasons. So for that standpoint, yeah, enjoy bad. the rest of this season I would as probably, much as you can. Because who knows what's going to happen. I right? would probably jump off the Orient. <laughs> okay. Like glad glad you took a uh, a very uh, you know calm approach to this. Uh, this one from Jeff. well you know I'm known for very calm measured yeah approaches right. to all everything. I mean yeah. that's my mo. This one I'm the most Jeshua. calm measured man you'll ever meet in your entire life. What are five sports you believe you could beat the other host in? Rank by level of confidence. Mm, okay, well you've got a significant height advantage on me, so I'm not yep. beating you in basketball. I was just saying you're, I feel good about you're basketball. pretty big. You're, you're pretty much bigger than me also in terms mm-hmm. of the size. So I don't think I'd beat you in football. Well, can you uh, really play football one on one anyway? I guess that's fair. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think that's in baseball. Sport you like, I think I could beat if I was pitching and you were hitting. I don't think you could hit me. Oh, I totally disagree. <laughs> I would smack. I would, yeah, no, destroyed. <laughs> I feel very good about baseball. Okay. Do you have like a? Are you a uh, I, I can't. Or? I'm not an ice skater, so I don't feel like I can. I'm oh, not either. I, I guess you want to be disaster. For yeah, if we tried yeah. to play like ice hockey or something. Yeah. So I don't know about that. Uh, you know. I haven't bowled in a while, but I feel like I'm a sneaky good bowler. Okay, what's normally what do you bowl. score in bowling normally? I'm I'm breaking a hundred. I'm breaking a hundred. My my I'm breaking a good round for me is like one fifty, one sixty. I don't think I could do Most that. Most normal okay. rounds I'm around one twenty, one thirty. Okay, I'm I'm starting to reconsider. Okay. I don't think I could beat you in bowling. <laughs> uh I I think okay. You're a golfer. I don't golf. Yeah, I'm not a so, great golfer though. But I I, do I don't golf, really golf yeah. at all. So I think you would definitely beat me there. Okay. Uh but in mini golf though. Mini golf. I can beat you in mini golf. <laughs> mini golf is okay. I would not have good confidence in mini golf. That would be a 50 50 proposition golf. to me. Okay, I'm, I'm beating you there. How's uh, your ping pong game? I'm a pretty decent. Ping I'm not pong great player. at ping pong. Okay, you might be able to there we go. Chuck me for ping pong. There we go. Get on the board here. Uh, I think with like, if we tried to do like boxing or like MMA, I think I would, you've got the significant got size big, uh, and reach, reach advantage. Yeah. So I don't think I would do well. Yeah, I there. think any sort of fight. Plus I wear plus I wear glasses. So that, yeah. that discounts me pretty heavily. Yeah, so my most confident, I would do any sort of like fighting would be number one. No <laughs> offense. Number two would be basketball, just the size advantage. But who knows? Maybe yeah. you get hot and hit some threes that yeah, game, Yeah, that's right? true. You yeah. never know I mean, happens, I'm not a great yeah. basketball player, though. Okay. So That'd be two. Um, number three. What about like, uh, what if we just classified like running, like track and field? Oh, I like, wouldn't I do could well beat you in track and field. Yeah, you could beat me in, sure. Yeah. That you might be my most confident. I'm slow. Yeah, I might be the most confident in that one, to be honest. In track and field events, good one. Weightlifting, uh, maybe. See. No, you know. could you could beat me in weightlifting. I'm not. I I would feel confident about in baseball. The world. I really would. Um, Whether I'm so, are we counting baseball as like we each get one at bat against the other sure. person? Yeah, I think I dominate. 
what? So what? Okay, so let's say, let's say we each get one at bat against mm-hmm. the other person, and you know, I, I, you know, I don't get a hit, and you don't get a hit. Yeah. What's the tie break? Um, we just keep we going just until going. okay. Yeah, until somebody gets it's like sudden death. Yeah, elimination. What other sports are there? I don't know how to play cricket. Again, you can't uh, really do see. football one on one. Yeah. Tennis? How's your tennis game? Tennis game's not very good. I never played pickleball. So if you played pickleball, you got okay. me there. Pickleball and tennis, I would get you. I'm not great at but either, but I'm I mean, good enough. In tennis, I feel like I could maybe try. I it. think I would beat you. The, the fact that you said maybe I could try it <laughs> gives me great confidence. There. Okay. I like that. Uh, let's that see. Water polo. Oh, I hate water polo. Oh. A swimming, I kill you in swimming. I would no, I can. Swim I'm a, a good swimmer. Bit. I got oh, you're long a good swimmer. Arms. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not a very good. Top swimmer, five to swimming. I was, sure. dude. When I was a kid, terrified of swimming. <laughs> terrified. Like, okay, this is how bad it was. Mm-hmm. When I was like five, they do. They, I went to swim lessons, and the final thing you do in swim lessons to like be like, oh, congratulations, you completed swim lessons, is they have you jump off the diving board into the deep end of the pool, and like the instructor's there to like you know catch you and make sure you like swim everything right. I was so scared, I didn't do it. Wow, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I don't. I would not go on the diving board. Refuse. All right, this one's so from I, Mike. I guess I don't. Does that mean technically I never passed swim lessons? I don't know. Correct. Yeah, you failed swim <laughs> lessons. The first person ever. All right, this is Mike. Would you rather have game day in Austin and KU beat Texas, or have game day be in Lawrence for K State but no guarantee on how the game goes? Okay, well, since I'm not planning on going to the game in Austin, I would rather have game day in Lawrence. Because the thing about game day is, like, it's before the game, so no matter what the outcome of the game is, game day itself is going to be fun because it's before the game. So I'd rather have game day in Lawrence because I know I'll be there for that, and I know I'll be a part of it, and I know I'll be excited and in a good mood because it's before the game. This guarantees you a win in Austin if you take the first one. But again, circling back to the previous question we had, it doesn't really matter if KU wins or loses in Austin to me because they're you're you're going into it thinking you might lose. So if you win, fantastic. If you lose, it doesn't matter. So I'd rather have game day in Lawrence because that would be awesome, so much fun. I agree, but now I, if I was planning to go to the game at Texas, I would want game day in, in Austin because then I would be there. But I'm not planning to go. For me, this just comes down to the win. I I do think that win would be pretty special. <laughs> I mean, going out and day. De- Winning your last game okay, against Texas. Okay, let me let me ask you this: Does it matter? Does it make the win any more significant to you if KU wins at, at Texas with game day there or with not game day there? Does no, it make not any really. Difference? Not really. To okay, be so honest. then what does it matter? I just I, I guess that's the way I'm viewing it. Like if you basically if you guaranteed me one of the two, would you rather have game day versus K State or a win at Texas? I think the win at Texas would be cooler. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have a two hour celebration before? The, your team's game, or would you rather have a win on the road against a top five opponent? Like, I don't know. But I, see, I'm viewing it more from like the fan perspective. From the fan perspective, from the fan perspective, watching a team win on the road against the top five teams pretty fun. Also, going to college game day is a lot of fun. Even and again, it's both the critical aspect of it here is that it's all before the game, so you'll have you'll be having a good time regardless. Whether or not you win or lose the game after. Yeah, well, if you win at Texas, you're gonna have a great time and an even better time after. But only if you're there. Only if you're there to experience. No, because if you're watching the game on TV, you still have a great time. But then, but again, it, it, if the if the question is, would you rather have game day for Texas? If you're not even going to be there, then it, whether game day's there or not is irrelevant. Yeah, I'm just taking the first part as like you beat Texas. That in itself <laughs> is part of the guarantee there. Okay, this one. I'd rather from, have uh, Kansas State. This one from Frank. 
Hamburger, brat, or hot dog when tailgating? Mm. I think to me, you got to go with the hamburger. I don't think you can, you can't go wrong with that. Classic. Hamburger's delicious. It's it's portable. It's great. Uh, not that the brat and hot dog aren't yeah. portable and great, but I just think the hamburger to me, I would go for hamburger. Now, I will say, you give me a, an all beef Frank, you know, crisp it up a little bit. That's pretty good too. Like, you can't go wrong there. Well, I'm out on brats. Great. I'm out on You're brats. out on brats? Don't give me a brat. I don't Why? Want a I don't like brats. You don't like bratwurst? I don't want a brat, no. Oh. Give me hamburger or hot dog. Wow. One of those two. Yeah, my, my go-to would be brat, actually. Really? Yeah. Mm. Bratwurst are delicious. Get a little, uh, you know, mustard, Dijon mustard, or some sort of mustard on there. Delicious. Uh, see, I don't care about that. Mm. Especially if you get to, like, Dude, the flavor the thing brats, about, get, like, jalapeno the thing about cheddar. at a tailgate is... You're you're probably not going to have a lot of condiments necessarily, because it's going to be at a tailgate, right? I mean, it's going to be your options are going to be pretty limited. So if you just give me just straight burger, straight dog, delicious, you can't go wrong. I don't need any condiments. I don't need anything. You can give me a plain hamburger with nothing else, bun, boom, I'm good. At a yeah, tailgate, I'm good. That's lame. But I'm saying at a tailgate, it's not like a fancy restaurant where you can be like, oh, give me some grilled onions, give me some lettuce, give me some, well, you know, whatever else. I think, I think, some bacon. <laughs> I think asking for that's a little different than just having a bottle of ketchup or mustard on you. But I'm saying at the tailgate, it's, 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 you don't even necessarily need any of that. I'm good with, I'm, I'm, I am very low maintenance. I'm okay. very low maintenance on that. Okay. I'll, I'll be, bro. I'll be satisfied. Go bro. Now, if it's a cheeseburger, hmm, reconsider. Consider, but uh, I'll go with bratwurst on this one. All right, that's our KU mailbag. You can submit any questions for next week at RCST thirteen twenty on our Twitter page. You can also find us via email RCST thirteen twenty AM at gmail.com. We're going to take a timeout. We've got a uh, college football crackdown coming up. We still have to get to some Brian Borland audio and Andy Kotelnicki audio throughout the show. And we got Florida man Mad Libs in the five o'clock hour with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. About half past the hour here on the show. We're going to have a Florida Man Mad Libs coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. We've also got some Brian Borland audio and Andy Kotelnicki audio to get to you here on the show. It's time for a college football crackdown where we go over some of the latest in college football. You know, Georgia, the number one team in the country, uh, didn't look great in their first test against South Carolina over the weekend. 24-14 the final, but they're, it, they're fine. it's closer than that. They probably are fine, but also keep in mind, South Carolina lost by 14 to North Carolina in week one. And I think that will give some good standing to the ACC. Florida State obviously already beat LSU. Um, you have North Carolina beating South Carolina. Georgia, by the way, dropped out of the number one spot in ESPN SP+. That's now Ohio State, which I, I feel like has been that. very meh this year. Yeah, I don't agree with that either. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the SEC is just down bad right now. Like, Georgia might not be elite. They might no, be really good. No, the SEC stinks. Alabama struggled with South Florida. I mean, those boys suck. Georgia's biggest competitor this year, we've talked about this before, the schedule stinks. At least they were going at Tennessee. Well, now Tennessee, Tennessee stinks. got punked by Florida. Yes. No, Tennessee's bad. No, Graham Mertz, listen. <laughs> Full disclosure. 
I, I financially speaking, I was riding with Tennessee for that game, and it's only natural that I would go against Graham Mertz, and he turns into Patrick Mahomes when I when I go against him. That's just that's just how things go. That was insane, but no, Florida's not that good. Tennessee's not that good. Ole Miss, mm, jury's still out. Play LSU this week. Missouri probably won't be that good. I mean, they might be. They might win seven or eight games. Uh, who am I missing here? Out of the teams that are at the top, besides Georgia, Alabama, Bama stinks. LSU, LSU might be kind of decent, but yeah, Georgia's going to sleepwalk to thirteen and zero and into the playoff. Is it enough with the schedule being bad? If Georgia has one loss, should they not make it? Well, if they only have one loss, that would probably mean that they're still in the SEC, the SEC title, title. Let's say no. Let's say it happens in the SEC title. So they go twelve and zero. They lose in the SEC title. Yeah. To what, like LSU or Alabama? LSU, Alabama, whoever. They would probably still be in. Should they, though? No. <laughs> but they would be. I agree with both of those. <laughs> well, honestly, like like right now... I, I SEC bias is real, man. What if the Pac-12 gets two teams in the playoff in their last year? The problem is, I just don't see how that would happen. Because... Presumably, you know, let's say it's like, well, I don't even know their schedules, but yeah, you know, it's let's say it's like, schedules. I don't let's say it's like 12 and 0 USC and I don't know, like if you, I don't know if you won Washington or Utah. Sure. Yeah. Or like, but let's say, but is it possible for, is it possible for the Pac-12 to have two 12 and 0 teams play each other in the Pac-12 title? It's Maybe possible, right? it might be. I don't know which teams. Yeah. Because it's an, it's an unbalanced schedule. So it makes it like, does, like does, does Oregon play USC? I don't know. Like what if Oregon and USC are both 12 and 0 and they play each other? Yeah. And both something. would get in at that. Or point. I don't know, but would both get in? That's I what I'm think saying. So, yes. If they're both undefeated, and then one obviously beats the other in the Pac-12 title game, do they both still get in? I think they would. Uh, the Pac-12 has done good work here in the non-conference start of the season, and man, I a lot of these teams are really good. It, it just continues to be crazy to me how this is going to be it. They for the Pac-12 bungled and, and fumbled and screwed up the meteorite stuff. Yep. Imagine too. Well, that just goes if, to show you that it doesn't matter how good of teams you have in your conference. All that matters is securing your media rights. Yeah, like well, it doesn't matter how good your conference is. Imagine too when you're talking about, you know, Colorado, how big of TV ratings they've gotten. If Brett Yormark had, hadn't gotten Colorado before the season started, and the Pac-12 was still like, we're still, still like, looking for our media deal, know, floundering. Yeah. They would probably be set right now because of Colorado. Like that would help. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But again, it doesn't. It doesn't matter the quality of your teams. None of that matters. No. All that matters is securing your media rights. Of course. Uh, but is, they are like, an amazing conference. It's stupid, year. but that's just how it goes. Sure. Of course. Um. Yeah. I. I thought that. Uh, I thought that over the weekend, Washington was one of the teams that impressed me most. So uh, let's get to this biggest. Yeah, but winner. I don't think Michigan State's that good. I don't think they're that great either, but like that's they're probably a five or six win team. And the way that they des that that's what I'm I'm seeing here with Washington. Sometimes you don't get the luxury of learning if a team is really good or not in terms of did they play another great team? Because there's only going to be so many games that you play against another top ten, top fifteen great opponent. And for Washington, they'll have those chances on the schedule. They they take on Oregon later this season. They have at USC. They're taking on uh, gosh, this is a absolute gauntlet to finish these they're <laughs> at usc versus utah at oregon state versus washington state that's four straight ranked opponents two on the road that's brutal so they're gonna have their chance to show that sort of stuff but like if you are a really good team and you're playing a middle tier team or a lesser team 
Beat the brakes off of them. And that's what they've done so far. Boise State, they beat them 56-19. Uh, Michigan State, they beat them 41-7. I, I mean, to me, Washington has been one of the biggest winners early in the season. And I think Michael Penix has a real shot at winning the Heisman. He was he was fantastic in the Michigan State game. He's been great all season long. We'll see if it ends up happening. They've got the receivers to do it, and obviously they're going to have to you know, win some games out of that gauntlet stretch at the end and, and finish with a good enough record that uh, they have a high enough ranking. But so far this season, he has 1,300 passing yards with 12 touchdowns to one interception. That's pretty good. Pretty darn good. Who's your biggest winner from the weekend? From this past weekend? Yeah. Mm, uh, maybe like I don't know, man. I was thinking maybe, maybe Ohio beating Iowa State. I mean, that's a big win. It is, but what does it do for them? I guess for Ohio, like long term, does it change anything? It means Iowa State sucks. Could you argue Graham Mertz? Yes. Could you argue Billy Napier, the head coach of Florida? I mean, that wins huge. Uh, yeah. No, he probably gets fired. If they well, I don't. I mean, well, if they lose that game I mean, and go he, on to have like a five and seven season, he would he, get fired. He, yes, the fact if they that lose win the this, game, he would be. I don't know, man. I think there's a possibility he might have been a midseason firing. Yeah, if they lose the game, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess keeping his job that's a win. Could you argue that LSU was one of the biggest winners? I mean, winning forty-one to fourteen at Mississippi State. Um they've kind of shrug off the early season loss to Florida State. Maybe that's that just makes it a bigger win for Florida State. Maybe they're a big winner out of all this, although they barely beat, you know, Boston College. Yeah, I don't know what to – Boston College might be low-key kind of frisky, though. I don't know, but they lost their first game to, like, an FCS team, right? No, they didn't. I'm I, sure they did. No, they lost to uh, – I think they lost to UConn. Boston College is one and two. They lost by two at home to Florida State. Now, I will say it was the uh, red bandana game, so obviously you're going to get up for that. Okay, they lost to Northern Illinois in the opener, uh, and then they only beat Holy Cross, who is an FCS team, 31-28 to the next week. I don't know if, if Boston College Honestly, another team you could pick for biggest winner is North Carolina. They beat down Minnesota 31-13. to Drake May had 414 passing yards. But it's not just that. It goes back to the idea that South Carolina hung close with Georgia and was leading for a good part of the game and you handled South Carolina earlier this year. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's safe yeah. to say that at this point you look at the ACC and you're like North Carolina, Florida state. It's those two yeah. teams at the top. Well, we'll find and out then for you have sure. Duke below that and maybe Clemson somewhere. Florida state has a chance this weekend to, to really cement Clemson, that right? by beating Clemson. That's right. Yeah. Who was the biggest loser this week? There's a lot of good candidates for biggest losers. To be honest, Big 12. The Big 12 was bad. Uh, there was, you know. Oh, by the way, low-key <laughs> other big winner was uh, Brian Ferentz because they put up 41 points. And yeah. now they just need average 24 no, the rest of the way. That, no, 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 no. I have a bone to pick Brian Ferentz okay. because I also was financially invested in Western Michigan plus 28 and a half. Yep. And here comes Mr. Brian Ferentz. Oh, we got to score as many points as possible so I don't get fired. Idiot. That's part of it. That made me mad. I was mad about that one. Okay, anyway, biggest loser, Tennessee. Tennessee, Honestly, Alabama, pretty bad. Alabama, pretty bad. Uh, I mean, I don't know. The Kansas State loss to Missouri, I don't really know if that's yeah, I don't know if that the biggest that loser, but... I, I kind of want to say the biggest loser would be the Big 12. I mean, you can say Michigan State, actually. Collectively? Michigan State, I think, probably has to be the answer. You get blown out by Washington, and your coach has a... 
like sexual harassment thing hanging over his head, especially at that school. Yeah. And now he's fired. Yeah, bad. That, that, that is probably bad. has to be the loser. No, that is bad. Yeah, that is bad. But if you wanted to argue the Big 12 for different reasons, again, you had, um, I, I guess it wasn't like a horrible week. You still had West <laughs> Virginia beat Pitt, like Texas Tech, or so I mean, Cincinnati uh, loses. beat Arkansas. Cincinnati loses. But yeah, Cincinnati loses to Iowa Miami, State Ohio. Loses. Oklahoma State Oklahoma gets State trounced gets by South Alabama. Kansas barely beats Nevada. Texas battles with Wyoming. Wyoming. Late. K-State loses to Missouri. K-State loses to Missouri. I mean, it's not a good week. No. It's not a it's not a good feeling. No, certainly not. So, I don't know. I think I think both those. Uh, do you have favorite so, something else that happened over the weekend? Just something that I don't know, that just affected you personally or you just liked or, or were happy to see or I don't know, so mm. maybe a cool story in college football? Cool story in college football. Uh I don't know. What's yours? So I have Rutgers getting to 3-0 on the season. I mean, Rutgers has not been a great program. We'll see how they finish. We'll see if they can even make it to a bowl game. They, they've been fighting to get back to a bowl under Greg Schiano. They're 3-0 now. Virginia Tech's not very good this year, but still. To win 35-16 over Virginia Tech, Rutgers only had 46 passing yards. And they won the game 35-16. to And they're not a triple option. No, they're not. And for them to you know start 3-0, it means something. I think that's kind of cool. I'll throw out this. Uh, shout out North Texas, where uh, former coach of uh, UIW and Washington State offensive coordinator Eric Morris is at. Uh, they got their first one of the season against Louisiana Tech. And Louisiana Tech, I think, was supposed to be pretty good in the Conference yeah. USA. North Texas got the win on a last-second touchdown, 40-37. Shout out, my boy. All right, I'm going to finish something up with a uh, thing you might not know that is the worst quarterback in college football by total QBR is... Drum roll, Drum roll, please. please. Uh, who do you think? Well, I, I know who it is. I have it in front of me. Oh, right. It is yeah. uh, Stanford starting quarterback Justin Lampson. He has an 8.1 total QBR. Not far behind. Alan Bowman is 129th. But don't worry. It's still a competitive QB competition down there in Stillwater. I'm trying to see any names According on to here Mike that, like, that you would be like, wait, really? He's doing that bad? Tanner Mordecai being ranked 102. Cade Klubnick at Clemson, 95th. Yeah. No, that dude stinks. <laughs> Joe Milton's 82nd. He also stinks. All right. We're going to take a time out. We got some uh, Brian Borland audio coming up on the other side with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk news alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Matt Lives with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk.
Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We get ready for another edition of Florida Man Mad Lib. Sam Speck joins us in studio. Yes, gentlemen, of course. Nick, Derek, it feels good to be back on a Wednesday, as we always do. Florida Man Mad Libs. And Nick, I must say, good win last week. Uh, keeping things last relevant. second win. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, a buzzer beater, if you will. But yes, keeping things relevant in the summer season. Here's how it works. We've got four legitimate headlines coming your way. The first one's going to have one redacted word or phrase. And uh, then you're going to have to fill in the blank from there. Now, that will only have a point value of one. The next three headlines will have a point value upwards of three, but that's only if you get both of the words or phrases correct. So that's correct. The next three will then have two missing redacted words or phrases. So, again, if you uh, would like to follow along at home or if you would just like to listen to these two dig down whatever rabbit hole that they find themselves in for the conclusion and filling in on this fun game, so follow along here. But, uh, gentlemen, you're ready? Derek again with the lead born for the season, ready. but Nick with a good win. Let's see what oh, we yeah, got no, this I'm week. Ready. All right. I don't think Derek's ready. I said born ready. <laughs> I was born this way. I was born born ready indeed. Okay, right, so fine. again, first headline. First I, headline coming sure, at you. Well, this is what I love, too. I just get to sit back and listen Sam, to you guys. Sam, who would in a box and match between the two of us? Are you joking? <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I, dude, please. Derek has like a seven-inch reach on you. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. Somebody asked us a question earlier about which sports we think Nick, we can listen, beat the other person. I'm sorry. In boxing, <laughs> size and reach is a very legitimate thing. He's oh, got man. at least six inches on both of us. He's got a good left hook. I, you wouldn't even get to him in time. <laughs> you wouldn't even get to him in time. I'm sorry. It's a legitimate. That's okay, why there's okay, different fine, weight fine, classes fine, and fine. size classes. Sure. Fine. Okay. 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 I was just being honest. Uh, what's our first so, question? <laughs> <laughs> so, a, uh, uh, we're going to go to the West Coast, actually, to the yeah. Golden oh, State. Okay. West Coast. California Highway Patrol arrest a man, blank, for DUI. So he's doing something that caused this DUI. And this is a fully redacted phrase here. Okay. No, I'm assuming he must be, like, driving something that's not a car. That's a, my guess. So the California Highway Patrol arrest a man either riding a scooter through Walmart... Who stole an entire canister of nitrous? Oh, or on horseback for a DUI? Oh boy! So again, he's so either as, on a so horse. I don't know if you're aware, Derek, but you can you can get arrested for a DUI if not just in a car. Yeah, like on a bike. Well, the scooter and the scooter. horse. You get yeah, for both, exactly. right? Yes. I'm kind of hard pressed. Is under is it an HUI then? Horse <laughs> under the influence or no? Because I mean, no, the horse is not under horse. the influence. Well, the horse is not under the influence. So it's not horse under the influence. I, I'm just I'm struggling to understand how you can drive a horse. You're you're kind of maneuvering. You're you're kind, it, right? Yeah, steering. I guess. Yeah. What if you was yeah. in the road? The exact point, like you're causing. You're causing yeah, more then, then you are in a traffic vehicle. I'm I wanted horse. to go horse too, but now that you're going horse, I mean, it's the first one. You can pick the same. Thing. Yeah, you never know. Right, this I'll is go just horse. kind of the time. Still right early here. in the. I want to go horse also. Yeah. All right, are you boys locking in with horse here? So for those at home, again, he could either have a you know pretty intense amount. Of uh, uh, nitrous, or he's riding a scooter through Walmart. So lock yourselves in, or of course on horseback, which is where they did. California Highway Patrol arrest a man on horseback for DUI. And again, yeah. the reason there why we go. I took this one is just because I kind of got a laugh at it. It's driving under the influence. You're not necessarily driving a horse. You're you're more or, or less be maneuvering. Being RUI, yes. riding under the influence. Like, See, I don't uh, think they operating have that actual wall. term, so they're not going to like. You know. I figured it would be like an OW or oh yeah, operating wall ability impaired or something, or public drunkenness or something. But yeah, how are yeah. you I driving mean, a horse? Listen, you can't 
get a horse and take it into the street and do whatever you want with it. Okay. So, no, you're not yeah, wrong. Yeah, regardless you're, if you're drunk or not. Do you have other to vehicles. have like a specific license to ride a horse? Ride a horse? I don't think so. I don't. Because like, you know how you have to have like I think a specific license to drive a big truck? I mean, no, maybe I think, on like uh, public roads or something. Maybe yeah, it has if you're going to gonna ride the horse mm. in the street. You know, like if you were an Amish person, you needed to have a horse. I could, you know, horse you got to register it. You got to get a 2024 a, plate for it. I would think so. Register the horse of John Buggy for the buggy. carriage. I don't know. Oh, I would okay. ask an Amish person, but I don't think they would listen to our show because no. they wouldn't believe in that would radio. Be... Do they? No. I don't know. A lot, well, I don't know. know. No, definitely not internet. But anyway, okay. <laughs> oh, whatever it may be. Uh, one to one. <laughs> uh, one to one. And for you at home, thanks for playing along as well. But now, again, if you're Amish, things... call the show. Yeah. <laughs> If you can. Uh, but uh, now, again, we move across into the two redacted word or phrased questions. And they're not questions. They are legitimate headlines that you can look up on your radio or, uh, on your Internet right now. So, But this, is, uh, this one is just, let's just get into it. A Florida man sets fire to car belonging to blank, who also happens to be blank, authorities say. <laughs> Cop who is like his brother. That's going to be my guess. Or like cop was like ex-wife or something. Okay, let's go. Yes. I'm ready for this one. This one's a fun one. Florida man sets fire car. Uh, excuse me. And again, we'll get only do the first redacted word first, and yeah. then we'll get to the yeah. second one. But a Florida man sets fire to car belonging to either his boss, ex-girlfriend, or a city commissioner. Oh. Who also happens to be blank, authorities say. And we'll get to the second blank in just a moment. But either his okay. boss, ex-girlfriend, or a city commissioner. We had a similar headline to this a while back. You may, you may not remember this. About the guy that said his they he said his ex-girlfriend's car on fire like on the beach. Yes. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. This is something similar to that. So that, yeah. that they, I don't know if you want to go with the ex-girlfriend off of that. But, but see, what if the what boss if the, what's getting me here is what if the second one is like ex-wife? Or like ex- Spouse. Oh, like, what man. if the first one is, yes, it, what if, even though ex-girlfriend is an option, the but first the, one, okay. hypothetically, it could be an option in the second one. I guess. If it's like with the city commission one or the, uh, what was the first the one? boss. Boss? Like, yeah. Wouldn't you know that your boss is your ex? Yeah, that'd be very awkward, but I don't know, it's possible. What if they met at the workplace, right? Um, I'm going to go boss. I'm going to say this guy was mad that the boss did something. Maybe the boss is. But also, what did the know. boss do? Is the boss happens to be what? A jerk to him. I don't know. But that is that wouldn't make it a head. Boss happens to be. See exactly. You can't come up with anything. I don't so know. I'm, I'm gonna go with. with it. I'm rolling with it. I'm rolling with I'm, it. I'm just gonna keep it simple here. Keep it simple, stupid. Give me ex girlfriend. That's always a good guess when it comes right. to, to headlines like this. All right. So Nick's gonna go ex girlfriend. Derek locking in with his boss. Yes. Okay. So again, Florida man sets fire to a car belonging to either his ex girlfriend, his boss, or a city commissioner, who also happens to be his cousin. His childhood babysitter or his landlord, authorities say. Ooh. So this one is uh, a tough one to look. I mean, in, it doesn't matter what angle you look at. Okay. This one's interesting. Ex-girlfriend ex -girlfriend to cousin ex would be a wild. Ex-girlfriend to former childhood babysitter <laughs> would be wild. So I actually am feeling better that it's not ex-girlfriend. It might be. but yeah, I feel worse about ex-girlfriend for sure. I'm feeling okay about boss at this point. The question is, I could see the boss being the ex babysitter, but I don't see where that ties in where the crime comes to be. You know what I mean? Uh, say fire to a vehicle. Yeah, I mean, that's a the headline writer be like, we have to get it out there that this guy set fire to his boss, who's also his former babysitter? Like, what does that have to do with the story? I don't know. It's just a weird coincidence. I guess. I don't know. What are the other options? 
Um, so for the second one, who also happens to be his cousin, his childhood babysitter, or his landlord? I mean, I feel I'm like I have, I feel like I have to go with landlord. I'm going landlord because I could see the guy being like, "Oh, I got you, and now I'm quitting work." And the guy's like, "Well, now I'm kicking you out of the apartment or something." I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like for the ex-girlfriend's sake, I have to go landlord. Okay. All right. Well, if you guys, another option. if you guys are locked in there and everybody's locked in at home, buckle up. Florida man sets fires to car belonging to his ex-girlfriend, who also happens to be his cousin. Authorities say so. Oh, no. <laughs> Gentlemen, yes, it was. Uh, it took Whoa. a turn that you may have not wanted. We didn't want to go there. But Nick, I didn't want to go there. Yeah, but I got the point. He did get a point. I got the point. Yes, indeed. But uh, unfortunately, I don't know if they did like a some sort of. So uh, okay, I don't know yeah, if they I mean, knew. I don't, I don't know if they really know. know if I want the answer to this question, but like, how did they find out? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Was it like through some ancestry like, thing, was or it like, like when they went to do DNA? Went, was it like he got or... fingerprinted after he got arrested, that's and they were like, "Wait a second, yeah. you know this lady?" That's my and guess. he's like, "Oh, it's my ex-girlfriend." And they're like, "No, the you're related." Like, uh, actually, related. yeah, this yeah, says yeah. that you're cousins. Jeez. Or maybe what if the parents came I, to be I like, "I'm bailing you out of jail," and then the they were like, "Which family member do you want to bail out?" The ex-girlfriend was like. Which one? Aunt? Uncle? What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm hoping for best case scenario, but that is the legitimate yeah. headline. Nick coming away with the point there, two to one. As Which we family member are you trying to bail out today? <laughs> All right, this one's uh, this one's a fun one, actually. Greedy blank steals Florida man's blank. So, it's kind of a fun one here. <laughs> a greedy neighbor, a greedy alligator, or a greedy cousin steals Florida man's blank. And we'll get to the second cousin, one in just a moment. Cousin theme. Uh, maybe? Could be cousin theme. Could be cousin theme. Listen, I people right, you, you know sometimes you have a forever. cousin and they're greedy and they just you know yeah. got it something new and they're like, I'll take that. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> have rhyme or reason for one of these over the other. Like, would you describe an alligator as greedy? Well, I just had to squeeze it in there for Florida man's purpose, right? Well, I, I mean, that's gotta like, be in there once, would right? You, would you describe it that way? Would you Would you say an alligator is greedy? I'm but like, to, what I, makes an alligator greedy versus I'm, not I'm greedy. trying to understand what the alligator would be taken that would make someone write that it was a greedy alligator. See, exactly. Like, what did it take? I don't know. A, a piece of meat? Some food? Mm, but how did you be greedy? You have to take a bunch, right? Maybe. I don't know. Or I mean, just I'm the going whole with lot. it. Or maybe we're, the alligator ate. The chaos. Maybe it was like so, uh, the alligator, was alligator We're steering into the chaos. And alligator needed like a okay. needed like a towel to dry yeah, off. I, I don't it know. Bites the, it stole the guy's towel. So this Derek, is a complete guess. Derek's going to go <laughs> with an alligator here. Just so what are the other Again, either a greedy alligator... A greedy neighbor or a greedy cousin steals Florida man's blank. Uh, I'm going to go with neighbor here. Okay. Go with neighbor. So Nick's going to lock it with neighbor. But again, a greedy alligator, neighbor, or cousin steals Florida man's priceless yard ornament, Florida man's brisket, or a Florida man's lawn chair. The alligator would be brisket. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to go with brisket. You're just going to go with brisket? Yeah. So okay. Derek's going to go something. with the fruit. What do you think would be considered a priceless lawn ornament? If it's a lawn ornament, it is inherently not priceless, in my opinion. What are you possibly putting in your lawn that's priceless? And why are you putting Ready it there? for the taking. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, what? Seriously. Like, I have this. Let me take my diamond, whatever, diamond and I'm going to put it as a lawn, lawn ornament. Yeah. What are we doing? That's ridiculous. What could you possibly have that could be priceless that you would willing, be willing to put in your lawn? Uh, something oh, I mean, what, what is going on here? Something you didn't think that's that would good. be lifted. What, what, be I mean, sculpture. I don't even. I, I can't even wrap my brain around that. I don't understand. That doesn't right. make any sense. So you think that it, it, so? What's the other options? A lawn chair and uh, and or a lawn brisket. Chair, brisket. Let me ask you something. Why would they write a headline featuring a lawn chair? 
Well, it's just this guy was greedy. What if he had like a lawn full of lawn chairs? And he just wanted one more. I don't know. The neighbor. Oh, the neighbor has all the lawn chairs. Yeah, and he wanted well, to steal another. Greedy. So clearly he That's has thing, whatever is already what, there. Ex- what greedy? What stealing a lawn chair? How does that make you greedy? Because he has a bunch already. He already had them. He didn't need. But one. that is. They don't say that in the headline. So how can you be sure? Gotta, it's implied when he's greedy. Greedy means you didn't need it, right? You, it, no, I mean, maybe I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You can have different. Definitions of greedy. I guess. All right. Well, I'm, I think you know what? I, you went brisket, yeah. Eric, right? Yeah. The, you you went... steered into the craziness. I'm steered into the craziness. Okay. I'm going to take priceless lawn ornament. All right. So priceless lawn ornament. I don't even know what that Nick. means, but I'll take it. And somehow, out of a strike of luck, I, I really thought the house was going to win this one, but Derek does get one point. <laughs> a greedy alligator steals a Florida man's lawn chair. I tried wow. to really go out of left field on this one, and it was oh, like the a, lawn chair was definitely out. The lawn chair was tough. It, you could have uh, told me the first one was alligator. I still would have got the second one. <laughs> and, and like I said, it was a real playful thing. It was like a guy that went inside, made a sandwich for five minutes, came back out, and this is just Florida being Florida. So the alligator and an alligator greedy. took it. He commandeered his seat. I what mean, was it being greedy? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe alligator <laughs> needed a place to sit. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I think the headline writer needs maybe. <laughs> we maybe we need to look in the mirror on this and say alligators deserve places to sit too, and that maybe the alligators aren't right. for deserving rights to sit somewhere. Well, Ooh. we're tied at two as we maybe head this, into the maybe last it's our one. Fun. We're Fuck tied. Humans. <laughs> we're tied at two heading into the last one, and again, two redacted words or phrases. This is a funny one. Florida man hides packages of blank inside blank. So these are always interesting. Yeah, so let's start with the first one. Florida man hides packages of cash. Hides packages of cocaine or hides packages of Girl Scout cookies inside blank. Why would you hide packages of Girl Scout cookies? <laughs> I mean, maybe you got to get Dude, them international. Listen, or maybe something. you have a know. family member that is greedy and wants to keep taking them. So you <laughs> need to hide them so you can have them for yourself. It's like a crime. Or Dude, sport. what if you hit him in somewhere, some crazy place? <laughs> Or what if he's like a part of you know you know like you know, a Girl Scout I mean, listen, organization and dude, he's just stealing them from the house? If you saw a guy coming in, walking into a bank with Girl Scout cookies and be like, I need to put these in my safety deposit box so like, nobody this gets guy's to them. Crazy. And then you probably read a headline about insane. it. Insane. You probably read a headline about it, uh-huh. wouldn't you? All right. The, Maybe he works at a factory or something. My takeaway here is I don't think it's cash because you don't package cash, do you? You could. You like no, but like it's when you, highly you suspicious trust the when you wad you it up. Hide it somewhere. No, no, no. But you don't. It's not. In, it's not inside anything. You see what I'm saying? It's pretty highly suspicious if you do. No, like but you, you don't normally really just, don't do that. You can't just walk somewhere with packaged cash and expect someone not to just be like, oh, that's, I guess. Okay, wait a second. That's I guess normal. You could put it in, in like know. a Manila envelope or something. That would be considered a package. Yeah. Right? I guess. Hmm. See, I'm talking myself back into cash. I don't I'm know. Cash. cash is something that a lot of people try and hide sometimes. So, you never know. so Nick, are you locking in cash? I'm, I'm going to go with cash. cash. Well. Okay, so both of you guys go I in definitely don't think it's the with some dollar code. bills. So I think now, it might be the ghost This code. next but question. This next question, just so we go with the uh, the theme of drama here, will decide the game today. Yes. So keep that in mind because you both got the first one wrong, and I won't let you know oh. what it is, but you did get it wrong. Oh, man, it was Kills got cooked. Florida man hides packages of either cash, cocaine, or Girl Scout cookies inside his office safe, a safety deposit box, or a Cookie Monster doll. Hang on a second. Well, Cookie Monster doll. There's no way you could hide a lot of a lot of Girl Scout cookies in a Cookie Monster doll. <laughs> it didn't say a lot, did it? <laughs> packages more well, than one. Yeah, packages is a little bit odd. It's quite I think, a bit. Okay. I mean, I I have I'm split here because I think this could go one of two ways. <laughs> I think it could be the cocaine packages in the in the Cookie Monster doll. 
or it's the or it's the. So are you gonna hit the bet? Like, oh, hang on, hang on. Or or it's the Girl Scout cookies in the safety uh, deposit box. I'll tell you what. I'll let you pick. I'll just take the other one. What's the third option? Uh, his gym locker. Oh, okay. No, no I'm not going yeah. with that. I'll do. You, I'm gonna I'll go with either pick. safety deposit box or Cookie Monster doll. God, this is tough because I can see beating either one. Uh, I love being the house. But because sometimes. I already thought my mind went to safety deposit box, I gotta trust my gut here. Okay. I'll take a safety deposit box. I'll take okay. Cookie Monster then. Cookie Monster doll. This is uh, gonna blow your mind, and I'm so glad to redirect your guys' trains of thought sometimes. Here it is. A Florida man hides packages of cocaine. So you guys were incorrect on the first one. Okay. Inside a Cookie Monster doll. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. I knew it was away. one or the other. I knew it was one or the other. I gave you your destiny and you failed. It Man. was. I knew it was and, one or the other. Uh, I knew it was one or the other. The funny thing is, I can't remember. It, 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 I was trying to read into the story, but it was at like a daycare or something like oh, that. Geez. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. Not good. See, and this is why I try not to get too deep into the context of things. So, nonetheless, Derek yeah. gets the points. I am going it. to be taking my Girl Scout cookies to the bank tonight. And they putting them in the safety so that no one can eat them. Well, okay, but the silly thing about that, though, is... That's a red flag. Is if you do that, isn't it, like, really hard to then get back into access that? So you're going to put the girls' cookies yes. in there, and then they're going to get stale because you bad. can't get back yeah. to them, and then you're going to no, be able to eat that's them. A, that's a red flag, in my opinion. If I'm at the bank and it's, it's worse like than this red guy, flag. I mean... <laughs> okay. Uh, do we it's have time for house, or what do we have time for uh, not really. Okay. Right. No, that's just fine. All right, gentlemen. Well, hey, Derek comes away with another weak victory here. That's just fine. And uh, we will be back next week, either Wednesday or Friday, for some more Florida Man Mad Libs. Thanks for including me in your fun. We're out. All right, that's Sam Speck, Derek Johnson, and Nick Springer. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Well, that's it. If you're listening on our podcast side, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so, as you can find the show anywhere. You get your podcasts with the best of RCST. Podcast. If you do have any questions for the show, whether it's for a mailbag, just something you think there'd be fun to talk about, you can reach out to us on our Twitter page at RCST1320. You can also email us if you don't have Twitter, RCST1320AM at gmail.com. That's RCST1320AM at gmail.com. And if you want to listen live, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday on KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Have a good rest of the day and see you next podcast.